0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Ivan's Table Talk, a real and honest conversation from personal trainers about client success and failures. Together, let's laugh more, learn more, and train more. Hey guys, welcome back to coach Ivan's Table Talk, our 17th episode today. And today we have our special guest, we have actually two guests. You can hear there's barking noises because we have a little puppy today uh, and it's our new puppy at home So I hope you guys don't mind that barking sound Um, and soon enough we'll be shifting our podcast studio into a proper studio where we have a proper setup for clients and audience to enjoy the podcast episode Now today we have our guest uh, which is a certified personal trainer uh, physiotherapy, and he has his own physiotherapy center. Yeah, FlexMob. Correct. A personal trainer for a decade.
1: Yeah, more or less has been a decade already. it Has yes. been
0: a decade. And podcast co-host Baba Machas. Yeah, welcome. Look to our show. Thank you for having me. It feels, again, it feels weird to be on the
1: other end of the podcast. <laughs> Usually, I'm the person that's asking, uh, interviewing guests, asking the questions. But
0: yeah, it, it feels nice. It feels nice to be on our side, right? So, look, um, for those that who unfortunately haven't met Look yet, yeah, <laughs> or maybe clients that yeah. who is listening, uh, can you share your personal journey of like, you know, how you started as a personal trainer, even your training itself? How do you come along these ten years?
1: I think I started off like how most people would have started their um, personal training career. Obviously, at some point, you you started training yourself and you saw results. Mm. Uh, but along the way, you decided you know, that you thoroughly enjoyed this, you thoroughly enjoyed the process. And then maybe there was uh, a friend or two asked you for help. But for me, it was a little bit more different where I was extremely mm. uh, passionate about uh, training back then and it was right out of high school that I wasn't entirely sure of what I wanted to do with my life mm. uh, but I was very sure that fitness was something that I loved and mm-hmm. I was very passionate about so my first job out of high school was <sighs> to was working at a commercial gym mm-hmm. and I enjoyed I enjoyed helping people who had never touched a dumbbell never mm-hmm. used a single machine get fitter get stronger and from there, I just it just took off for me, really, in the sense mm. that I continued to to want to be better, a better personal trainer. So I just was doing that, you know. I, I kept uh, working as a personal trainer. I kept improving my skills. Yeah. I kept improving my knowledge. I eventually went to, on to study physiotherapy. I went to, to to college, and I that story of me like studying physiotherapy was a different a different yeah. story entirely, but. I'm, I, I like the idea of blending both my skill sets as a personal trainer and my skill sets as a physiotherapist yeah. into one mm. so that I could provide better value and better service to my clients. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah that's so true. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to, to hear someone that talks about both personal training and physiotherapy uh, to be together. Yes. Like, can you talk us through why you have that mindset? Like. How does it help your clients if you were to combine physio and personal training all together?
1: Okay, so for me, at least, uh, the reason why I ventured into physiotherapy was I had sustained a very, um, you could say, traumatic injury when I was competing in uh, powerlifting. Oh, and for the longest time during that period when I was dealing with this injury, I had sought many professionals. Uh, like doctors, surgeons, uh, physiotherapists Mm -hmm. especially, and to no luck, Mm -hmm. I was just, I kept running into dead ends, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of these therapists were not equipped with the knowledge to to treat my injury, Um, more so specific to the sport which I was doing, Mm. so they were just unfamiliar with what powerlifting back then was, Yeah. so I I decided to, you know, uh, I had encountered Fortunately, back then I had encountered some very knowledgeable physiotherapists. <coughs> much later, towards the end, towards the end, when mm-hmm. I was like almost in the brink of giving up, like deciding that, Oh, maybe I should just quit lifting, and I was fortunate enough to stumble upon uh, these two knowledgeable physiotherapists yeah. who helped me mm-hmm. get back into my a uh, uh, very healthy Health. state. Yeah. So they they helped me then, and I realized, okay, this this is this is great. Uh, yep. I remember that feeling, I remember that frustration, I remember all of these things that I had gone through yeah. and I told myself, or at least I took it upon myself to make sure that someone else, if I had the the ability or the capability to help this other person who was going through a similar situation that I was going through back then, that it would be my responsibility to help this person. Mm. And over the course of my career. Being a physiotherapist has managed to help me educate patients better on how to take care of themselves. You know, if they got an injury, what exactly is it they could do? Mm. Because a lot of fear mongering has come from decades of inconsistent information. Like they Mm. get an injury, they go to a doctor, and the first thing the doctor says that you should stop lifting, you should stop doing this. And not knowing that this advice, again, depending on the case, Mm -hmm. is... Very detrimental to the patient or the client's recovery. It's true. It could make them potentially worse, and yep. you know, to tell an athlete that they can no longer do something which they love mm. is is not just bad for their physical health, but their mental health as well. Because there mm. is a certain uh, psychosocial component to to, to rehab, mm. you know, things like that.
0: Right, yeah, that's so true because uh, personally, I had uh, left meniscus tear yeah. when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And the first advice from the doctor, it's stop training. Mm. So I actually listened um, and stop training. At That time I was 14. And after six months, I have no clue about what injury and how to rehab and trainings mm. and all that. Until when I started running after six months, I feel sharp pain, mm. which that pain is not like those pain that I had before yeah. it's worse the yes. pain is worse so like you know like Luke said if someone that who is listening right now you know you have an injury you want to have your solution to it uh, it's, it's never going to be stop training forever especially if you're an athlete so I do <coughs> advise that you go and find a professionals to help you out you know uh, go find Luke uh-huh. and FlexMob uh, or any, any 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 persons that you know you know to, to help you out with um, your problems and, and all that. So, uh, look when talking about you uh, venture into personal training and yes. also physiotherapy. Like, um, okay, just curious. Yes. I believe someone curious also. What was the injury you had before? So I
1: herniated three discs in my lower back. Uh, it was my mm. L five. Sorry, my L four, my L five, and my S one. And uh, one of the discs, so essentially for those who are not familiar with what I just said, uh, in your spine there's yeah. a bone, your yeah. discs, your vertebral discs. In <laughs> between each of these bones <laughs> yeah. there is something we call, referred to as an IV disc. So it's like these um, softer discs that are placed in between the bones. They, you can think of them like shock absorbers in a car. They allow the spine to be able to move and withstand stress and shear forces and all these other things they they also allow the spine to move the way it does yeah so that one of those discs in my back had torn mm. and i was in uh, i was in immense pain because when it tore it sort of continued pressing onto the nerves at the side of my spine which caused me to have uh sharp shooting pain like almost electric sensation like down the down my entire leg so Sleeping was difficult, bending down was difficult. Uh, to a certain point showering with, was difficult. difficult. I was just in a lot of pain. I couldn't stand for for more than 30 minutes. Yeah. And it was just a really uncomfortable sensation. You can even google this. It was called sciatica. I said, yeah. yeah. Sciatica, so it's it's a much more severe case of sciatica.
0: Yep. Yeah. Wow. And how long did you take for yourself to recover from that
1: to completely recover from that and heal from that kind of uh, injury it was a year plus Mm. it was a year of uh, just proper rehab work and it was funny because uh, just this morning uh, i was actually recording an episode with dr arvin Mm. and he was we we were covering an episode on the the mental aspect of recovery because there's something something referred to as uh, kinesiophobia whereby you the athlete or the person that has sustained an injury may physically be better and well but mentally you're still not ready yet Mm, like mm -hmm. when you approach an exercise that caused you that injury physically you can do it but the brain just starts remembering the time where you felt the pain it's like there's like a huge pushback
0: correct it's just like the dog right now (laughs) Uh, yeah she's been in a traumatized face yeah. uh, because back then the trainer uh, is saying that she maybe might get hurt by human mm. because the only fear that she has is human. Yes, Mo- uh, cars, motorcycles, everything. She's OK, she's fine, but only human. Mm. <laughs> so uh, just an example, yeah. guys. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So
1: <laughs> it's, it's basically that. And um, the injury was long lasting, impactful. But again, it was through a structured approach. Uh, what helped the most again for those of you out there who are who's listening to this you if you're looking for someone to help you mm. rehab an injury you may find a therapist but obviously yep. you need to know whether this therapist is suitable for you so mm. you can ask the therapist questions like oh have you ever heard, have you ever worked with someone like me before Correct. um not just the injury, but the sport in which I do. Yep. Uh, can you explain to me what your process is going to be like? Mm-hmm. So the therapist should be able to answer these questions for you. Mm-hmm. They should also be able to plan it out and say in a structured way, okay, uh, these are the goals that we hope to achieve. Right now, you're currently in this state. By the third, fourth week, you should be in this state, another mm. four weeks in this state, and then we'll get you back to training in, in, in week number one, that so and so on.
0: It sounds like a personal training it uh, is. Uh, guidance. It right? is. But it's kind of like a, from the very um, beginning of exercise, Correct. where you have to be very careful about your movement and whatever that you have. Yeah. Injured, you have to take note on that yes. and to be very precise.
1: Yes, right. I mean, at the end of the day, it is, it is much like personal training because it's physical rehabilitation, right? Mm. So a lot of the similar uh, foundations which you built upon Personal training can apply to to, to physiotherapy. Yeah. Um its only difference is that with a personal training client you <coughs> are working with someone who is quote unquote healthy
0: mm. whereas physiotherapy is more or less op- one opposite. level down. Yeah, op- one level down. Yeah, that's better. Right. Yep. So um to get to know more about Luke, uh, you guys can DM him uh, <laughs> and there will be a description down below with Uh, Stated Baba Machas and also Luke Lango's IG, personal IG. Um, So without further ado, because today's topic is about fat loss. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, it's always, you know, talking about fat loss. When I come to personal training, I bought a personal training package. I I want to lose fat. I want to make my body nicer. I want to prepare for events, weddings, so and so forth. So there are a lot of myths out there or there are a lot of ways out there that you can achieve your goals. Today, we are trying our best to help by giving some advice from both Luke and I uh, to give everyone that who is listening right now that you could actually be better or you can actually you know, achieve your goals with a lot, a lot ways. Okay, so some of the topic we'll be talking about is kind of like um, wrappings, the mm. one that's most popular you know, out there. Okay, so um, the question that uh, I would like to ask Luke is that, can you explain the fundamentals principles of fat loss? How do aspects expect such as energy uh, expenditure, stress, fatigue management, or maybe like calorie deficit? What is the principle of fat loss?
1: So without getting too in depth and sciencey with uh, the explanation, Fat loss, or at least the process of fat loss, c- occurs in the body when you, when the, of f- when the amount of energy which you are expanding via activities, mm-hmm. whether it's exercise, going about your day, yep. is higher than what you, you are consuming in terms of f- energy from food. food. Yep. So that's like the very simplified version of calories in versus calories out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you consume lesser food than what your body is uh, utilizing, you are putting your st- yourself in a state which we refer to as an energy deficit. Yep. When you are consuming uh, more food mm. than what your body is required to do, mm-hmm. uh, you're putting yourself in a state which we refer to as an energy uh, surplus. Mm-hmm. Right. Now obviously there is a middle ground where we refer to as a maintenance, yep. where you consume just the right amount of calories to sustain whatever it is you're doing, whether you are active or inactive, things like that, mm-hmm. and that's
0: usually what the state is. Yep. It is. Right. And also, this already explained that, you know, some of the clients, they usually say, oh, I'm going to eat just uh, avocado in the morning to lose fat. Have you ever had clumpy, fake flavor protein shakes? Guess what? This podcast is sponsored by Wolf Fitness. If you're an ice cream fan just like me, you should check them out at Wolf's- fitness.com because they have the finest vanilla ice cream flavors that taste precisely like ice cream milkshakes again go to wolfs-fitness.com and enter my promo code ivan to save up 35 percent of your precious money right now um fat loss principle can be very simple where we have actually the biggest two components which is fat loss are uh, energy expenditure and energy consumption. And we have the middle ground where is energy uh, maintenance. Maintenance. Yes, correct. Kind of. So a lot of people was actually if you are the one that currently thinking that you know when you just started your fitness journey or maybe you started a diet and you tell yourself, Oh I cannot eat carbs to lose fats. I I only want to drink um, you know whatever supplements to lose fats that is not so ideal now um, look, can you help us to explain like how did your clients overcome you know this fat loss journey and what they normally how do you encourage your client to be in calorie deficit
1: well the, well, the principle of of calorie deficit is simple uh, in theory it becomes complex when you include the individual into the equation because Mm -hmm. everybody uh, has a very different mindset, different history, different uh, struggle, challenges. So, getting someone into a calorie deficit, while you can explain the theory to them, Mm -hmm. getting them to act on it and how to go about it becomes much, much more complicated Mm -hmm. because the social setting of of nutrition and, and getting yourself to lose weight has again, its, its complexities attached to it and especially when we live in a country like Malaysia where food is in abundance, we, have, mm-hmm. we are spoiled by choices, yes. we have a huge, huge variety of choices mm-hmm. at our disposal, 24 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. And so, when clients come to me and they their goal is lose weight, I, wanna lose weight I want to lose weight on a healthier lifestyle, mm-hmm. it's usually before anything happens, it's really about understanding who's in front of you. Like getting a proper history done, understanding them, understanding what their relationship with food is like. Do they see food as good and bad, black and white? Do they have eating disorders? Are they, what, how do they view food? Do they view food as a coping mechanism? Do they f- view food as a, a source of uh, energy to sustain their activities? You know, it, it really varies, depends. Now, the more uh, issues that clients face with foods becomes more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. So some clients when stressed they eat, some clients when they're stressed they don't eat. Yeah. So when it comes to energy deficit uh, and getting clients to lose weight, it's really about getting them to un- first educate them on why it is that you need to eat the way they eat mm-hmm. and helping them along the way. Now of course there are certain lines in which you don't cross if you are not a licensed nutritionist, dietitian medical profession that deals with eating disorders, you can't cross that boundary. You are not one of those professions or professionals, right? Mm-hmm. So my first approach would be, okay, understanding who's in front of me, mm-hmm. understanding what challenges they face and and slowly help them with those challenges and set micro goals and macro goals for them. I feel that getting clients to eat healthier is a big task. But it becomes a lot easier when you teach them how to go about it because yeah. you 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 never know a lot of the times and you'd be surprised clients that come to you or come to me have a different understanding of food. Some clients think that uh, chicken breast has a lot of carbs in it, <laughs> so it's it's no fault of their own. Like yeah. clients are just maybe weren't taught better or had misinformation given to them. Again, it's no fault of their own that. They come to you with this pre uh, preset m- mindset or mentality towards nutrition and they have this fear this deep-rooted fear that probably they got from their previous trainer mm. which really messed up their their views towards food yep. their previous trainer probably set them on a chicken breast brown rice and broccoli diet and told them that if you wanted to lose weight this was the way correct so a lot of the times our jobs is to undo all this past uh, trauma, trauma that these clients have gone through. Mm-hmm. So, teaching and educating clients that you know, losing fat and eating healthy doesn't have to be so like stringent and restrictive yeah. and like chicken breast, brown rice, broccoli kind of diet. Correct. You can eat the foods you still want to eat. In fact, the most sustainable and adherent, adherable approach is the ones which you can stick to the longest.
0: Correct. Yeah. Just now you was mentioning that micro goal and macro goal. Yes. I want to pause there for a while because you know, a lot of people was underrating that achievement. Like, you know, a lot of people was trying to always achieve, I have, I want to lose 10 kg in three months. I want to lose 5 kg in one month. And sometimes when I saw my client has a 0.5 kg reduction per week, mm. and that is a huge goal, a huge win for me. Yeah. But sometimes it's that, that it's not what they are looking for. Mm. And they may sound like, you know, it's only 0.5 kg. I It's not enough for me. Sometimes in fat loss journey, you know, you just have to enjoy all these micro little goal. Micro goals to allow you to have high adherence level where it allows you to continue to be sustainable when it comes to training, you know. So um, if you are in diet, uh, make sure you do enjoy your process because some of you would really, really uh, restricted yourself from not eating anything or maybe the opposite sides. So um, look, when it comes to, you know, I'm not sure whether if you have this experience, but do you have any clients that when it comes to uh, questioning uh, you as a coach? Like, do the client ask before, like, is there any best diet or is there any best way to lose fat? You know, How would you articulate from your own perspective to these kind of clients?
1: Well, usually they, these clients that pose those kind of questions, like very specific, yeah. it tells me that, okay, if a client is asking me this question, then they must have tried a few types of diets in the past or i have read somewhere an article or seen their colleague, friend, family experiment with a particular type of diet, such as like the ketogenic diet, the intermittent fasting diet, yep. the Atkins diet, yep. the Luna diet, all <laughs> these kinds of diets out there, right? Yep. And for the most part, when they see or read about these types of diet, they see how much result these people have gotten from it, they immediately attribute those results to success and great uh, like efficiency of, of that, the uh, effectiveness, effectiveness of that diet. But my answer has always been the same. The best diet hands down is always always gonna be the diet in which you can stick to for the longest time and still achieve results because it doesn't matter if this diet promises you to lose X amount of kilos in X amount of weeks Mm -hmm. but if you tell me that after you've lost this weight you couldn't keep the weight off in Mm -hmm. fact you gained more weight after going through it then by definition that diet has failed Mm. Right? Yeah. And the thing about diets is that it, it should not be seen as something you do once and then you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Diets should be reframed in such a way that you don't call it a diet but you call it like a lifestyle change. Yes,
0: exactly. So
1: people who often hear the word diet now have such the word diet actually if you are say part of the gen pop the word diet has a very mm. negative connotation attached yeah. to it and people hear diet especially as i mentioned just now yeah. people whom have had like chicken rice uh, chicken breast brown rice broccoli in the past when they hear diet they immediately like ptsd they straight go back oh no yeah. i have to go back to that time yeah but the most the best diet is something that's uh, sustainable and and something that you can last like in like if i tell you like if I told you that okay, can you do this for like six months, one year, two years, and the answer is no, then most likely it's not a sustainable diet, right? Mm. But if I told you like, oh, if you said to me that, oh, hey, you know what, this is something that I seek, I can see myself doing. Yeah, I like, I like to have a good variety in my diet. I like chicken, fish. Hell, I like pork. Yeah, I like uh, eating my foods with taste. I like flavorful foods. Then by all means, do mm. that. Mm-hmm. The only difference is. You just need to know how much you're eating. Correct. You can still, in theory, lose weight from eating McDonald's. Mm. Not that I'm advocating it, but (laughs) uh, the principle of of energy deficits and surplus and calories in, calories out. If you know how to manipulate these variables, you can achieve the results you want to achieve. It's just that people don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Perfection. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Exactly. So uh, he was mentioning about the. McDonald's yes. and, and everything, right? So uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about, you know, I, I believe there will be clients there who is very curious about, huh? Like, you know, McDonald's, that's impossible. Mm. Like, how can I eat McDonald's and still lose weight? So, yeah. can you give us some example, like, how do you use uh, McDonald's to complement yourself in your diet and how do you play around with the calories in and out, you know? Um, any Things,
1: yeah. Well, okay, so obviously, we all have uh, cravings, we all have our favorite comfort foods, In yeah. um, by all means, even for someone like myself, that's a competitive bodybuilder, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I like to say I take good care of my body as well, mm-hmm. I still love my foods, you know, I do enjoy eating the foods I want to eat, I, I do enjoy eating pizza, burgers, mm. uh, every now and then, so that would just means like, okay, how does this help me? Or how can I sort of lose weight? Or how does it affect me, right? Yeah. And the thing is having these, we refer to them as untracked meals. If you're someone who's, who tracks their meals on a daily basis, like you know how much calories go in, how much calories go out, yep. you can actually slot these meals into your diet. But with obviously restraint, now, an example of that would be, if, for example, if I'm if I need to consume three thousand calories uh, a day to maintain my body weight or whatever activities, performance in the gym and whatnot. Yep. And I know for a fact that maybe uh, uh, McDonald's McChicken is four hundred fifty calories. Mm-hmm. Right. I would just subtract four hundred fifty calories from my three thousand calories. And yeah, sure, maybe the macronutrients isn't the best, like there's a lot of fat, less protein, a lot of carbs in it. But it's still okay because and if it's once in a while, it does provide more of a mental boost, yeah. from having to follow a particular say, stringent diet, mm-hmm. or you want to give yourself what we you refer to as a diet break. Mm-hmm. and even even in a social setting, like at some point in time, you're not you you have friends. That don't live the same lifestyle you live, yep. and that's okay. You want to have a social life outside of just fitness. Mm. In fact, your fitness and what's the best diet should be something that, as I mentioned before, mm. sustainable and it should complement your life, or it should be, it should fit your life. It should fit around your life. You should, you not, you should not have to uphold, uh, Sorry, uplift your entire life to yeah. fit your diet. Mm. So having to introduce like a burger, a pizza every now and then. Mm. Would do you better if it meant allowing you to continue with the same diet for a longer period? Mm. Sometimes we just want a break.
0: Yeah,
1: it's like no different than you working really hard at your job oh. and going oh. for a holiday.
0: Yes, that's so true. Except <laughs> you don't you don't go on a, you
1: don't go on several days and yeah. eat a bunch of junk food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just like one untracked meal yeah. <laughs> or probably two untracked <laughs> meals at most, depending yeah. on where you are right now. Mm. But I want to say this though: these types of approaches are more catered towards individuals who are at an intermediate or advanced level mm. simply because you have control, you have discipline. Yep. If you're someone who's just starting off an, uh, a fitness lifestyle change and you eat out more than you eat at home, yeah. it's best if you are able to at least go two to three months without eating outside food.
0: Correct. That's so true.
1: Now, I don't be, I wouldn't like typically... Encourage this as a form of reward because Mm. it does build some negative habits along the way. Mm. But you should at least try two to three months of trying not to eat outside food if you're someone who's coming from continuously eating food outside. Mm. Yeah. So as long as you're eating within your uh, allocated calories in a day, you can, in theory, still lose weight.
0: Yeah. I like the analogy of you know working so hard Mm. and once in a while you spend time for. Applications, yeah. you know. Now, um, look, for clients who believe that carbohydrates are detrimental to their health or weight loss, how would you clarify the benefits of carbohydrates in terms of fat loss? Okay, so
1: like it's not uncommon for people to say that, oh, carbs carbs make me fat and, yeah. and, and, and so on and so on and the thing about this is that carbs, you, the way it's processed in the body It's like the most readily available source of energy in terms of breakdown. So you have your carbohydrates, you have your proteins, and you have your muscle. Mm. When you digest these things, usually carbohydrates are broken down into glycogen... ...and it's really the most easily uh, stored form of energy that you can use. I mean, stored form that you can use for energy. Mm. So it will make sense and it will make more sense that when you go for training... ...especially Mm. when you're doing weight training... You need some form of source of energy, right? Mm-hmm. And having carbohydrates and having this source of energy would allow you to push yourself harder in the room, mm-hmm. therefore creating a bigger energy expenditure and creating a larger energy deficit. Yep. So people that say that, oh, you should avoid carbs because carbs make you fat, don't eat carbs after six pm, they're <laughs> usually just myths yeah. that were perpetuated by individuals who did not understand how the process of carbohydrates actually work in the body and like you know especially when people say that oh you know I gained like two kilos overnight because I had a very carb-rich meal the day before not knowing that when you consume carbs carbs on its own does store liquid Mm -hmm. right so when you consume a high a heavy starchy based meal your body sort of uh, the rice the starchy carbs does absorb fluids into it holding therefore causing you to hold a bit more water Mm -hmm. sometimes you can look bloated feel bloated things like that and if the source of carbs doesn't sit well with you Mm -hmm. or maybe you had a more higher fiber based meal it Mm -hmm. can cause you to look bloated feel bloated and even possibly way heavier Mm -hmm. the following day so carbohydrates is not the enemy Mm -hmm. in fact I would argue that carbohydrates could be your best friend if your goal is indeed to get lose more fat mm-hmm. um, but to a certain degree once you've started trimming more and more carbs it does become difficult to lose more fat along the way but that doesn't mean that you know you should start loading up on carbs either yeah it's that's why at this point in time it's important to hire a coach that is sufficiently knowledgeable on how to advise you on your nutrition and your training so true
0: the reason why I asked this question is part of it is because that um, I do have clients who really are really afraid of eating carbohydrates at first at the very at a special beginning of the training program and once we've done any progressive overload and I can immediately see a decrease of the strength when it comes to the performance of their training which also indirectly impact the journey of weight loss so it's actually very crucial for you to really eat uh, the right amount of carbohydrates for you to function and like Luke mentioned just now. So don't be afraid of eating carbohydrates, guys. Um, go ahead and have your carbohydrates and just make sure that you know the amount of calories that you are having right now and you will be fine. You'll yes. be just fine.
1: <laughs> correct, correct, yes.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, look, there's a popular perception about certain fat loss treatments. Uh, this is the point that very popular, yes. Uh, like those body wrapping um, being so highly recommended out there, and I saw a lot of people talking about it. and They use this word where it is the most or less, it is the fastest way to lose fats. Um, what is your opinion on that kind of treatment? I think that
1: similarly, like with other um, products and programs when the first the first uh, line I would look at was okay how do they structure their message and when you see or read about something and they use words like absolutes like uh, this guaranteed and definitely or hundred percent results it's usually when you see companies that or people talk about, a particular product, concept, program, whatever it is, with such absolute certainty, that should already raise questions because Mm -hmm. you can't really be like 100% sure about something, right? And especially when all these gimmicky trends out there that that promises you fast results, Mm -hmm. often Don't lead to fast results, and if it does lead to fast results, it's usually unsafe or unhealthy. Mm. So, when you think about it like that, when you see that, oh, this using this product guarantees you to lose X amount of weight in X amount of weeks, Mm -hmm. and then when you look at it, for example, these supplement companies that promote you to you, it says that you can you're guaranteed to see results if you follow this plan, and then you look at the plan and the plant has you eating about 500 calories a day drinking their quote-unquote shakes and stuff like that and that's extremely unhealthy mm. not just the fact that you're consuming 500 calories a day mm-hmm. which by right shouldn't be the case for anyone mm-hmm. whether it goes to lose weight or not mm-hmm. it should not be the case and on top of that you end up you, the potential for you to end up far worse off mm. when you first started is, is very high so with Products like you mentioned, these waist trainers, fat burners, yep. slimming gels, there's been so much like research, especially on fat burners, that have debunked their sort of claims on like mm. burning fats. Mm-hmm. And in, in fact, papers have been done on it and articles have been done on it mm-hmm. s- actually explaining what exactly fat burners are. Yeah. So, I like it's ridiculous to say that people are paying so much money. To just wrap their stomach in a corset it's it really does not make sense <laughs> to With me the cling film that you have in yeah your you can just use the <laughs> cling film you want to like, like it doesn't like logically it does not make sense but you know then again consumers out there yeah. sometimes they're not educated enough sometimes they just get tricked but yeah. most of the time they're they're, they're gullible because mm-hmm. they want fast results mm-hmm. They want to to yeah. to get there quicker, yeah. and with the world and the state that we live in, it's like everything's always fast paced. Everything's fast, fast, fast. Yeah. Everything fast paced. Everyone everyone wants yeah. some form of instant gratification. They want to be satisfied now,
0: mm. Yeah, right? That's so you know that sometimes that's so sad to 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 know that you know this statement has to be everything has to be fast. Yeah. You know, if that thing is not effective, uh, then I, w- I wouldn't want to continue. You know, there's lack of patience around this this. Um, industry. To be honest, if um, all of you that who is currently struggling with fat loss or dieting, you know, um, there's a lot more ways than you know, just going for this speedy results or that kind of treatment, you mm, know, rapid yeah. treatment that logically doesn't make sense at all. So um, do look up for more advisors out there. And um, sadly, I just want to bring this up because. So I heard some personal trainers are giving this kind of advice where you can take um, fat loss pills and all that kind of things. I heard some of my clients that they've mentioned from the previous experience. They had that before, um, to, it's, it's sad to hear that. Um, it's just that I want to bring this up because you know, to, to help all of you there who is currently on diet, just please, please, please be sure to look up for more advice, uh, not just by this one point of view you know, and uh, I hope that this uh, episode also will be bringing more um, advices to maybe you or your friends that was currently on diet. So yeah. So uh, look, talking about all this wrapping, I I don't think there's a lot more to explain because it's pretty straightforward. I mean, like you can (laughs) always like
1: do the research and ask someone whom you feel is more knowledgeable Mm -hmm. uh, on you or like you can always Ask like Ivan, drop him a DM, or you can check out like uh, Barbell Much has covered an episode on this thing specifically, mm-hmm. uh, fat loss, fat burners, mm-hmm. uh, wrapping and stuff like that. So you can always yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, aside from us, there's always like a lot of credible information mm-hmm. out there. But the way to go about it is understand it's very simple. If your trainer or someone is recommending you this particular product to lose weight, instead mm-hmm. of telling them that you should, or at least understanding your nutrition history Mm -hmm. and how to address it via nutrition first that should be a red flag
0: yep that's so true so do check us out (laughs) description down below yep yep and um look there's a misconception about uh, muscle can transform into fats mm. uh, and, and vice versa, whatever. Um, could you help to clarify the explanation uh, behind the science and you know, <laughs> yeah. muscle actually yeah. cannot transfer into I think
1: fats. that's a very mm-hmm. like, it's like a sort of like an old wives' tale too. That um, you know, you hear your uncle or your father yeah. or your mother, some family at a reunion will say that you live so heavy, you build so big, later you come fat when you yeah. stop training. <laughs> And it's not actually true simply because of like it's nearly impossible for f- muscle to, to turn to fat and yeah. fat to turn to muscle simply because these yeah. two tissues in the human body are very different. Yeah. Uh, muscle is contractile tissue so it can produce power, it can produce force. Mm-hmm. Fat on the other hand is, is not, a contractile, it's not a contraction type tissue right, it's just uh, fatty tissue, adipose tissue in the human body. So, to say that muscle can turn to fat and fat tend to muscle is like saying that, um, I don't know what it was the next best thing. It's mm. like saying that well, I can, water can turn to wine and wine can turn to water. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's something like that. You get what I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the reason how this came about is simply because that when... You see those individuals who had like really good physiques, really big bodybuilders, mm-hmm. uh, and then one day they, they you just see them like after several months, maybe a year, if they stop exercising, and suddenly you see they become fat, mm-hmm. or with anybody really in general, is what happens is that this particular individual is used to eating x amount of calories, mm-hmm. and he's training really hard mm-hmm. while he's consuming these amount of calories. Mm-hmm. So naturally, when you you consume these small calories, you train hard, you're doing lots of cardio, you stay lean, you stay in shape, you stay physically active. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens when you see this person become fat or overweight, is that they stop exercising, Mm -hmm. they stop doing their cardio, Mm -hmm. or maybe they do exercise, but their activity or energy output has significantly reduced, Mm -hmm. maybe by so much as two-thirds of what they're used to doing. Mm -hmm. However, what is instead happened is that while their energy expenditure has reduced, they're still consuming the same amount of calories as before when they were training hard. Mm-hmm. So now what has happened is that their body is consuming the same amount of food, but yep. producing the not producing as much energy expenditure as the last time. So what's going to happen is that you went from being in a, either deficit or a maintenance period to now in a surplus, and now your body has begun accumulating fat because it's no longer putting those excess calories to use. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that uh, you, you, you start putting on more weight, you start putting on more fat and the fat starts to hide the muscle definition. Mm-hmm. you probably get a stomach mm-hmm. uh, and that's usually what people see. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is you can't be, your muscles can't become or turn into fat. Mm-hmm. It's just that the individuals you happen to have witnessed, uh, had, had gone through this particular change mm-hmm. so that's most likely what's happening mm-hmm. uh, either that or or the person who you saw that was very lean very muscular very built and now if someone looks chubby mm-hmm. is most likely going through an off season yeah okay and the off season for those of you that are not familiar when bodybuilders compete uh In in the competition, they have to trim down and get their body fat levels really, really, really low to almost like single digit percent body fat. And they look very hard, very cut, very dry, very vascular. Looks like Greek gods, right? But the thing is, with bodybuilding, in order for you to accrue new muscle tissue, you need to build new muscle tissue, which Mm -hmm. then means you need to be in a caloric surplus. Mm -hmm. And being in a caloric surplus would incur some potential fat gain. It's Mm -hmm. quite unavoidable, Uh, even if you're the absolutely genetically gifted individual, you will incur some fat gain. In fact, some fat gain is healthy. Mm -hmm. You cannot stay, uh, the word is shredded or really lean year round. You cannot maintain that look that you see on stage year round. It's very, very, very difficult Mm -hmm. and it's very stressful on your body and your mind. So when a competitor is done with his show, he would slowly transition into an off-season mm. where they eat more food to sustain more difficult training sessions. Yeah. And in uh, But sometimes, sometimes, and this is quite common with a lot of new competitors, is they don't really know how to make the transition and they just let themselves go yeah. in the off-season. So they end up uh, getting more fat and looking fat.
0: By, by having more of like... Junk foods. Yeah,
1: more like junk like foods. Uh, they don't High control. Foods. Yeah, they, right. they 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 just can't control because when you've restricted yourself mm. for such a prolonged period of time, mm-hmm. you you just basically develop this this intense hunger and cravings yeah. that you don't manage. And then mm-hmm. once the show is done, it's a real problem. It's a real real problem amongst bodybuilders uh, and people who diet really hard. Mm-hmm. Like after they've achieved a goal, the next question arises, Okay, what's next? Like they have nothing else to work towards, and they just let themselves go, and they eat and eat and eat, and And they put on more weight. Yeah, 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 they put on more weight than before.
0: Yeah, Uh, one of the, like like Luke was mentioned just now, like someone that who who was in off season, one of the best example I can give is the Alpha Leads owner Christian Guzman. Oh, is it? Yeah. So, did you see? Did you follow him or? I followed him. I, I remember
1: he competed recently.
0: Yeah. So he competed and. And you you can look at Christian Guzman. Uh so for some of you that who is mm-hmm. listening, you know you know him. Yeah, his his transition from on season to off season is is huge. Really? <laughs> uh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay I'll check it out later. later. Yeah, but it's it's you can see him trying his best to you know be in a long term journey, and he's been prepping for years for more than decade. So it's quite interesting to see some of these athlete you know so for even though for some of you that who is just going to be in healthy lifestyle uh to know all this is actually very helpful towards your understanding when it comes to fat loss you know so yeah um really appreciate all the explanation Thank you. Uh, I don't know what else I can explain. <laughs> Basically, you know, it's very simple and straightforward. Um, so uh, the next thing, look about uh, regarding hot and cold therapies. Uh, uh, when it comes to hot and cold therapies, because a lot of people um, injured before mm. and some people or maybe have a swollen legs and they try to apply something that is very helpful to solve the problem. Um, then, when it comes to this moment, hot and cold therapy has been uh, kind of like a fancy stuff for them to do. So, uh, as your point of view as a physiotherapy, um, how do you go with this? So, to,
1: to better put it, it's like okay, basically, mm. the question is like, okay, if I have an injury, what is the best? method to use do i use a hot pack or do I use a cold pack so you want to think about it like this if it's an acute injury which means the injury is fresh you had just sustained it uh you'll notice that there's uh swelling in the affected area Mm -hmm. so what you can do in that given moment is use a cold pack the reason for that is that when you sustain an injury and the swelling occurs a lot of blood is currently being forced into that area Mm -hmm. and your blood vessels are currently being dilated so it's like vasodilation yep. uh, so the blood vessels are opening up and more and more blood is going to area causing the swelling to get bigger now mm-hmm. you want to reduce the swelling as much as possible so you apply the, the cold pack or the ice pack mm-hmm. what the ice pack does is it actually does the opposite of vasodilation mm-hmm. which is called vasoconstriction so it helps to reduce the, the size of the vessels make it smaller and smaller reducing blood flow to that given area mm-hmm. so that way you can reduce the swelling that's why usually you usually when you see someone have a sprain like a footballer and he's on the train when he sprain the people immediately put an ice pack yes now you don't want to use a hot pack because the hot pack is what does it does the opposite Opposites. it increases the 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 size of the blood vessels which is vessel it vessel dilates it yeah. allowing for even more blood to flow in that area so which raises mm. the next question okay if i use the cold pack for a acute injury mm. when do i use a hot pack so the hot pack is for a chronic injury say you've sustained something along the lines of um an injury that has not gone away or has happened about several weeks or several days uh now right it's gotten stiff mm. like maybe we we'll take an example frozen shoulder so you have some limited range of motion or a lot of range of limited limi- limitation on your shoulder joint mm. and the muscles around it. So what you can do is you can actually put a hot pack on that region to allow for more blood to flow to the area mm. allowing for an increased range of motion. Mm-hmm. So that's one way you can look about. It. It's a very simplified very general approach but if you go about, if you follow these principles, you almost always know when to apply. You mm-hmm. just don't want to apply the wrong tool to the wrong time. Yeah. If you apply it, if, you, if things can get bad, if you apply a hot pack to an acute injury and vice versa.
0: Yeah, it'll be worse. It'll be worse, yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're almost at the end of the episode. Uh, I really hope that I can ask more questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, okay, I have this... Um, one question. Yes. Actually, it's, it's by myself. Okay. Uh, okay, we were talking about fat loss and everything. Yes. You know. uh, guys, feel free to approach to us if let's say you have more questions regarding all the explanations. Uh, if not, if it's really helpful, I'm glad that uh, it can be helpful. So look, uh, I just want to take this opportunity because actually I have a lot of questions to ask you. Mm-hmm. And because of podcast, we have to make it into topics. Okay. Right? If not, it will be very confusing. Yeah. But this one question is from me. I really want to ask uh, you this question is regarding hypertrophy training. Okay. Okay. Because since the, past, the, the last episode is about hypertrophy training. So okay. this episode, we're not, not going to cover that much. But I still want to ask you no matter what. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you think about bro splits? And um, like, for example, people always come into the gym. Uh, I'm, I'm referring to beginners mm. and they think that they should train shoulder day, back day, legs day, uh, arm day. And I do see like right now, very often I still see um, beginners that who only train two to three days per week, still do that for a long period of time. Uh, not that it's wrong, but I just want to hear from your opinion. Uh, how? What do you think about it and is there a better way to overcome this, to build more muscle mass?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, that's a pretty good question and I don't think it's wrong. In fact, I view it on the same level as those classes that you see in commercial gyms. In a sense that if this program gets someone into the gym and exercising, in my book, that's a win. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about how does someone who how does someone build muscle optimally yeah. and if doing a bro split can be considered optimal Correct. then i would definitely have my arguments for it yeah but there's a reason why the bro split was so popular uh, back then mm-hmm. uh, it was something that worked for people back then right mm-hmm. but obviously since then till now the the research the literature the the the, the knowledge that's available to us has been in abundance, and what is currently being said is that it's think of it like a more modified approach. So rather than thinking of uh, Monday chest, Tuesday back, Wednesday mm-hmm. shoulder, Thursday arms or legs, whatever, that, it'd be more precise or accurate to say that for these individuals looking to do something similar, mm-hmm. they would be they would they would benefit more from something like a push pull leg split. Mm-hmm. So that's currently like the you can think about that that is the new bro split of today's era yeah. where you do like push-pull legs, uh, push-pull legs, you split your volume across, you target the same muscle group twice mm-hmm. a week, mm-hmm. you get adequate amount of stimulation without uh, thrashing your body because if you do chest once a week going by the bro split and you do like four or five exercises with mm-hmm. three or four sets each, that's a lot for someone to take, especially if you're a yeah. beginner. Yeah. But with a push-pull leg split, or even an upper, lower, upper, Mm -hmm. lower split. Mm -hmm. Those are significantly better if you ask me. And I think people should go via that route Mm -hmm. if they're looking to really maximize and even optimize their training performance in the gym.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And one of the things that you have to take into consideration is about their stimulus fatigue ratio. Can they really adapt to six or five exercises of the same muscle group uh, when they just started training and Are all the sets effective enough for them to have that gains that you are looking for, all the the clients is looking for? And yeah, for clients that who is actually training, not necessarily that you have to train the whole day with back muscles, you know, and uh, when it comes to training, it's not... uh, Full body is still... It's it's actually fancy. (laughs) I actually like full body training. So not to say that, you know, by doing bro split is always the effective way to gain muscles Hmm. you know um yeah that's pretty much that's it um look any things that you would like to add on?
1: um no man i i think that's pretty much it if you guys have any questions you can feel free to Mm -hmm. drop me a dm direct message Mm -hmm. on my instagram Uh, if you guys looking for rehab services you can always Check out uh, my Instagram page, mm-hmm. uh, Physio Fitness. You can mm-hmm. find me there as well. Yep. Um, but other than that, it's been, a, it's been a great pleasure being on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Luke. Thank and you. Aina. Okay, not yet. I have the last part. I have the last part. This is our final part. Okay. We have our final four. Final four. So the final four questions okay. that you will need to answer either in one word to one sentence. Okay. Okay. Um, Luke, what is the best fitness advice you will ever receive?
1: <laughs> the exercise that you hate the most will make you grow the most. Bulgarian speed squat. <laughs> barbell, back, Bulgarian, barbell back squat, yeah. me.
0: Barbell back squat. Barbell yeah. back squat is still okay, but you know, unilateral exercise always are the one. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I used to hate
1: training my legs back then, so I was like,
0: oh Ah, okay. Uh, interesting. Um, what is the worst fitness advice you ever received? Hmm.
1: Worst fitness advice I've ever received, I think that would be <laughs> if, you train your, if you train your chest a certain way, you can change the shape of your muscle.
0: Like the, you know, I, I just saw yesterday there was a thing, someone posted in TikTok. So they hold the, uh, the close grip equipment, the handler, yeah. and then they lie on the Smith machine and then they make it like a like a horizontal so that the chest is actually in between the swing machine yeah they use that hook they hook around they load and then they push and then they call it that's the a new way of turning yes. your chest which is oh man sounds ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay what is one fitness law that you would like everyone to follow fitness
1: law um Full range of motion.
0: <laughs> there you go guys, full, full range, range of, of motion. motion. Um, what is your current fitness
1: goal? Uh, just to be able to lift heavy and look good for the rest of my life, for, until, I'm, until I'm old and grey. That's my li- long term life goal. Right. I don't want to just look good, but I want to be strong. Right. Like really, really strong.
0: Right. And are you, you are preparing for the next meet, right? I'm next preparing show? for
1: a, a bodybuilding competition in November
0: yes sir yeah uh, in manila manila correct yes best wishes to you thank you very much yep uh i hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh it's a sweet time where it's about one hour usually we keep at around one hour time yeah um for those of you that who haven't listened to the previous episode which is episode 16 with sebastian tan we were talking about glutes training how do you maximize your training to enhance your performance when it comes to your butt? Uh, to feel free to go and approach there you know and go and replay uh, and for those that who just started to listen this is the first time that you tune in uh, welcome to the show and for the next few episodes i hope that you can enjoy more because i'm so sorry about the my little puppy Um, the next episode we will set up our own studio and make sure that the environment is clean enough for you guys to enjoy without any interruption That's it for today. Alright, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening or watching. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Thanks, Luke. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for watching. Appreciate it. Yeah.